Hello, people. Really, we could just read these scriptures and just go right into prayer. Right? We could. We'll talk a little bit, though. It's a reminder. Um, Today is our three-day progression that the Lord has been leading us to to get us to the new year and burst us forward, right? So, burst us forward. Friday night... We or Friday, whenever you came, you had a time of prayer where you were thanking the Lord for all that He has done, all the places that you can you could clearly see Him, you know, putting His finger on it. That's how I said it. Yeah. And then yesterday we were cleaning house, so to speak. We're in that point apart from where we were thanking God. I mean, no grace is coming to making sure that all the stuff was out of the way, and again, God's finger showed up and pointed some things out to us, right? And now today, we're going we're gonna to declare, we're going to speak forth what the Father has shown us. This is cool. I don't even have to look over there, so I don't even care about you people online. I'm just kidding. I do. Just this little group right here. This is awesome. Um, and we are a little group. So uh, this is the year of holiness and adoption. And so I wanted to review holiness and adoption. Well, holiness we've really talked about a lot. But I started looking at the, the part about adoption and what it really means in Scripture. And I was going to go look at the process and the difficulties it, it takes to be someone that adopts a kid and all that kind of stuff in the natural. And then I thought, you know, that's not really relevant I mean, it's relevant because lots of people look at the word adoption and think that it's X, Y, Z. This is do this, you do that, you do this. When it comes to what the Lord is doing, it is an X, Y, Z, but it's an A, B, C, and a one, two, three, and we can start singing songs later. And you go, you're you're going through a continued process of becoming a son. So it's not just a one. It's not to me. It's not really just a one event that occurs. You are adopted as a son. You are holiness and adoption. It happens one time. We know that's not true. It's a continual process. A continually grow, a continue, a continued growing into who God has created you to be. And so we're doing this, we're doing this new year 2022, and we will soon have a new poster out there for holiness and adoption. Because the Lord is calling forth. Lots of people. Here's what I had to say. Wait, let me put this down here. I wrote this down on page, page, my last page of notes, and I thought, that should really be first. Every person on the earth has an opportunity to know and to flow with the Heavenly Father and become a son. So that's everybody. And we know that there's going to be some buddies that are going to believe that and start walking that way. Whether we know them, whether they are part of the saints network, that doesn't matter. You can walk as a son. The Lord can show you exactly how that works. And part of the definition of adoption, which I put at the top of the page, that word, which there's no way I can pronounce it, so I'm not going to try, it very distinctly says the placing as a son. So we, 
are those that have been placed as a son. So if I'm placed, where am I placed? Well, wherever God needs you to be. In, in your, there's a terio that he gives you. There is places at the right hand where he drops information into you and you pray them forth, speak them forth. That's a lot of what's going to happen today where God is going to give you a word of life and you're going to speak it forth and make a declaration over whatever he says, but over all the earth, over all the saints, over whatever he leads you to do. And as a son, we have to, as Jocelyn pointed out, we have to stand where the Father has placed us. So easy for us with all the things that are going on for us to not even have church today. Do you know how many churches might not even meet if they have one, two, three, four, five people? Okay, I'll be six. Yeah, come and count myself. So, I mean, it's, it would have been easy to say, um, Gail, we're not going to have church. We're all going to meet down in Mims and have a nice day. But that's not who God's called us to be. We have to stand in the nice and sturdy places, and we have to stand in the nice and sturdy places that are being filled up with stuff that's not God. <laughs> Temptations that have nothing to do with who God has called us to be. You know, thoughts that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. We have to still stand, and we have to still move forward. And so we're just going to review some of these scriptures. There's actually five total scriptures that use this word adoption. We only have four on our list, front and back. Did you like the way I spaced it out? In case you wanted to write a big, yeah, there shouldn't be lots of notes, though. Copious notes of Annette is a dork, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> to each his own. So, well, exactly. So, so the first scripture is in, in Romans 8, um, which 12 through 17. This is the first occurrence of this word. Now, this word is made up of two pieces. So the first piece is the word son. And, you know, it's right up, yeah, anyway, we're going to explore that too. But this is the first occurrence in Scripture where it uses this word adoption, the placing as a son. It's not used in, I'm just looking, it's not used in any of the Gospels when Jesus was on the earth, right? I didn't, I didn't see it. Maybe someone can double check my math. That wouldn't be anybody in here. No offense. Um, <laughs> That was rude. <laughs> so rude. So it's very interesting that it doesn't get mentioned until, until Romans. And so you just look at this thinking, oh, this must be for us. This is not about Jesus. It's about what he did, but it's not about Jesus being placed as a son because he already knew he, he was a son. He already knew he is the son of God. We figured that out, and now God places us. Does that make sense? Kind of, sort of? Okay. So, in Romans 8, 12 through 17, Vicki, I would love if you wouldn't mind reading that, or give it to Larry to let him read, because you're looking stuff up. Okay. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also we may be also glorified together. Why, thank you. I, I know we've read this we've read this a thousand times. It's one of the one of those cornerstone scriptures that we've studied at length to understand the concept of sonship. And and when you look through the scripture and and this just this one in particular, you see that. I believe, you guys might agree, that the Lord is showing that there is a distinction between living and living. There's a distinction between living in the natural, I'll call it that, and living in the spirit. And we choose to live in the spirit while living in the natural, whereas a lot of people live in the natural and sometimes the spirit comes along. I mean, your spirit man is always there whether you believe and follow Jesus or not, your spirit man is still present. And it can be influenced by spirits, right? We get influenced by the pneuma of God, or we get influenced by hmm, that other enemy thingy guy we don't like to talk about, but we talk about because we know it exists. Well, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so we're done. Everybody out. No. when you look at the word that I cannot pronounce, huios thesia. Thesia? Um, anyway, when you look at that, that word, you, there's, a, there's a, a twofold op, uh, occurrence, right? So did you guys look that up? I meant for you guys to have your stuff ready to help me out, but that's okay. When you see it, it's okay. That's what I might want to say. So the huios, that's what I'm trying to pronounce, that word means son. And most of the time in the Greek, it's referring to an offspring of a man. It's mostly referring to a person. It's not necessarily a son like an animal, whereas some of the other words for son can mean that. They, I mean, it's used as uh, equally between man and animal. In this case, this is really talking about an, an offspring of a man, or in this case, we're going to say an offspring of God. The second part of that word is a derivative of the word tetheme, and that's where we get the son is placed, because tetheme is you know, God setting forth, putting, placing in a person's life their callings. In a city, the, you know, whatever the tithe of, from God may be. I don't want to get tongue-tied here. So when you look at the scripture, you see a, a very distinct difference between, again, living in this world and living in the spirit and realizing that God has placed you here. And so all six of us and the three people that are watching, four people that are watching there, God has placed you here. And it's not physically here, understanding once again. It's a spiritual sense of of the community that God has put you in, right? So we know we're here, but we know there's a group of people in in Dallas, for instance. We're also there. We're part of that. I mean, we'll just kind of build. Please go. Well, obviously, when it's talking about 
if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Um, but if through the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Obviously, if you live by the flesh, you're still living. I mean, everyone's going to die. Right. So what it's really talking about is how you're living spiritually, how you're living in, in the real identity, in the real purpose of how you were ordained to live. Right. And when it says you shall live, it's talking really about you can either live in your own breath or you can live in the breath, breath of, of God. God. Yeah, that's that crying, Abba, Father. Yeah. Right? That's that concept. When you hear, see Abba, Father together, it's that I want to I wanna breathe God's breath. And I want to, I want to reflect that out. I want to, however you want to say it, I want to do that out there as well, so that in the world, the glory of the Lord will be known. I think we touch about that later. So um, let's see. Vicky did that for me. Okay, so verse fourteen. Lots of people like to quote quote this verse. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Lots of people believe they are led by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. So what's the difference between being led by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit? Let's say it that way. We're going to have a lot of those. Led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So if we're led by the Spirit for us as sons, excuse me, that means that we are going to do and go wherever the Spirit says to do and go without question. Whereas other people are going to go and look for the Spirit to be with them because they're in a place and they just want God to move. <laughs> Something like that. Go ahead. And I think the word that captures that is driven. Is driven by the Spirit. Driven, okay. Sons are driven by the Spirit. And, yeah. and believers that love the Lord, are they're driving themselves, but they're looking for God to kind of give his blessing to what they're doing. Yeah, it's like a spiritual opportunism. Yeah, you, you go in there, you're looking for that opportunity. I'm going to go where lots of where the spirit appears to be moving, right? We have those movements that happen. And look, I'm not going to look at anybody here, but I'm, I'm just as guilty of doing that myself in the beginning because I wanted God. So if I saw that miracles were happening, people were falling out in the Lord, the wonderful feelings you get when the Spirit overwhelms you, all of those things, there were times I'm like, I'm going here, because I just, and I, and I would take off. Now, I know other people were worse, but I, that's, I wanted him. But it got through that and beyond that, when, I, you know, when God really touches you and you allow him to work, things change in here in your mind and how you perceive and you can look back and see so many examples of that because, you know, in what, I'll just compare pre, pre-sonship with post. Mm-hmm. Okay, pre-sonship. You look for places where things are already happening. You look for places that look like they're promising. Yes. Um, whereas post-sonship, most of the places God sends us look anything but. In fact, they often look very barren and very fruitless. Yes. And very impossible. And <laughs> the other part of that is you can really see when it says in Acts, and the Lord added daily to the church, the Lord is the one that was doing it. The Lord is the one that was bringing people, uh, stirring people's hearts, and, and then directing them where to go to hear the word, or directing that person, as in Paul, to go to Cornelius 
you know, to, to speak the word, rather than Paul getting his group of people together and saying, okay, here's the flyers, let's go door to door, and we'll evangelize. I mean, we've done all that. We've done it as a church. And thank God it brought us Kimber. Absolutely. Kimber, we love you. But, <laughs> but really, that the most fruitful part of that is when God is the one that drives the people to you or, or sends you to them. And it's totally unsolicited. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally unplanned. It's kind of like the idea of you are either the employer or the employee. <laughs> uh, we were we yeah. were looking for someone else, you know, to employ us. We we were going to those places because we had no idea. But once we began to understand that it is in us that we are we are the place where God is moving, and that wherever we go, we bring the purpose of the Father. And so it's, it's not, we're going to find the purpose of the Father. We are in the middle of the purpose of the Father. And so we function that way, knowing that God is going to establish us in such a way that people will see. And they'll go, there's something about them. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's let us grab their ham. And the cool thing about this is that we are not being... We, we are not seeking to be the employer uh, where people come and, and uh, we, we just tell them what to do when they do it. When they come, we show them how to be that place where the Spirit works in them. And so they are becoming the employer. They become the one who is in charge of what God has given them and how he wants that to be uh, spread or how he wants that to be transmitted and so, you know, you can see the change in, in how we have developed in that when we, when we go to people and we teach, it's to show them how to be who we are. You can do this. This is what God wants for you. And not, you need to come to us and we've got all the answers for right. you. It's definitely not a formula. But I do know on a micro, you know, taking that a little smaller as sons, you know, it took us, it took each one of us a little bit to realize, like, we don't have to go to Dallas to, to bring, to have that indwelling of God. You know, it's, it's like, it was good. It's good there. And, but like Pastor Ron says, it's great when all the saints come together, mm-hmm. <laughs> but cause you know, I heard stuff like, Oh, I just can't wait to get back out to Dallas. And, and that was just part of where we were at the time. And it's not that that wasn't, isn't still something that's empowering, but if we don't ever go back, it never means that God's not doing something new, something fresh, something poignant where he's placed us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really been part of the beauty of, of where we are now is that we understand this as sons is that that tetheme, that place where he's planted us, is ever as important as where Dallas is. Dallas has their specific function. You know, they're called in that place. And yes, we get to come alongside that and participate, but we don't have to look like them. They don't have to look like us. And in fact, what God's given this house is something that is just as, you know, if we don't do it, then who? Then nobody else will. And that's, you know, um, I think that's the living, you know, continuing to live by the Spirit, knowing mm-hmm. that, yeah, 
we come here, and we're six people coming here because in this place, God's asked us to stand. Right. And in this place, God's asked us to histeme as those pillars of his kingdom. And so when we do that, we're releasing forth things that can't be done if we didn't show up. Right. We're showing up, darn it, right now. You know, and it's, I mean, it's a true statement. And, and um, in the beginning, we had, we had people, we still do have people, that spoke into our lives, you know, in Dallas and spoke truth. And some of it we were still, whoa, and then we figured it out because we did not give up. We kept praying. That's part of that whole relationship, the, the whole sonship that we've been talking about. So when it talks about that, that we've received the spirit of adoption, we've received the spirit of sonship, we've received that spirit that has placed us here, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. It's no, there's no other calling like it in all the earth. There's no other place where you can belong better than where God places you, no matter where it is, even if you're by yourself. Well, I was just thinking, and the difference was made in the fact that we weren't just trying prayer out. Right. We were convinced when we heard the message of purpose mm-hmm. that we have to live this way. And so then it became a lifestyle and not just, well, I'll try this out and see if it works, and if it does anything for my life, then I'll, I'll continue with, with it. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people that look at it that way. Mm-hmm. That's why people ask, I still run into people, are you still doing that praying thing? I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to ask it like that, I don't even know how to answer that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's why you have that mentality. Right. But when you're convinced that this is what was ordained from before the foundations of the earth, then you have to get into it. You have to do it. You have to become it. You have to live it. And, you know, it, then it becomes not a matter of, yes, we were, it, at first it was, I think part of us wanting to go back to Dallas was because, number one, you felt that, that energy of all the saints coming together, that there is something in that, in that synergy that happens that's very critical and important. But at the same time, um, there's, there's a, it, it was overwhelming to think of the responsibility spiritually of what you carried here, and you didn't know what you were doing, you know? <laughs> But, heck, we're just going to plot along and do the best we can. And it was amazing how God brought us from this point to this point in such a short time, really. Yeah. And, and then just keeps adding on to it. And, you know, we, you can't, like Johnson said, you can't compare yourselves to another place because it's apples and oranges. We have different assignments, mm-hmm. different giftings. He's sown different things into this house. They're not better or less or more or anything else. They're just critical. Every joint supplies. They're just critical to the kingdom, just as every single person is that same way. Yeah. And if you're not going to do it, well, then God's going to use those, those mantles and those giftings. He won't take them from you, but he'll enable someone else to be able to utilize that, and he'll put someone there, you know, because we've got to have that void filled, you know. Yeah. You look at the path that, that has gotten us here. So, you know, one, two, three, four of you have a, a specific path because you're in the same family. You've been with your mom and dad, you know, since you were born. And, <laughs> and then, you look at, then you look at Gail and me and 
those other people that are out there. And, you know, the, how did God get us here? How did he get us to this place that we are? And, you know, a long time ago, this, this, house, this house has been a place of prayer, even before sonship. It's always been that way. I don't know why. Somehow God gathered people together that knew that I can't pick that brick up and move it over here and make a difference. But if I pick it up in the spirit and move it over here, it makes a difference. Somehow we got to that place. And, you know, that banner we have up there, that banner was there before we were in sonship. We, we, before sonship, we were a house of prayer. We knew that. Kimby, we knew that, Kimby. And, <laughs> you know, it's not something that we can lay down and easily walk away from. I, people that have... It can't not, it couldn't have been easy in the beginning to walk away from this. There's just no way. There had to be turmoil that was going on until they found a way to shove that turmoil down. Just push it aside, just keep on going. Yeah, not give it, yeah, don't put a voice to what, to what you feel. What, I mean, like when I say feel, in your spirit feel. And so knowing that you have been adopted as a son, there's no way forward except forward. <laughs> we have to keep we have to keep going and i don't know about you all but the last two months have been for me difficult and they're still a little difficult my brain doesn't seem to want to kick in gear in time it's like oh yeah <laughs> and i'm talking from a spiritual aspect i'm you know, talking natural stuff so i just know that the lord has so much more for us he has so much more for us as far as being a son and understanding what this whole placement of sonship is all about for, for our lives. You know, sometimes I think, man, this is going to get boring because we're already, let me look at all the words we have in our, you know, our, I call it our saint's dictionary, the line upon line book. The saint's dictionary, look at all these words we studied. Uh, there can't be more, but there's always more. And I was, I was talking to Vicki saying, Pastor Ron and his teachings, he just, he just, develops his teaching skills like nobody's business. It's really God's business, and God knows that about Pastor Ron. But he, now he looks at things, and he can say things that are not specifically written in God's Word, but God's revealing to him, this is, has to be the way it was, making connections that I, you know, I, I don't always see, I don't always understand. It's like, well, if they were doing this, and then later they were doing this, then between here and here, this was happening. It's like, well, of course it was. How come I've never seen that before? And I think that's great. And that's what God's going to do in us. Not so that we, I mean, if you want to teach, that's great. Not just because we're, we're not exactly like Pastor Ron, but that's the kind of truth he's going to be revealing to us as sons so that we carry that forth, that we speak that forth, that that relationship with him continues to grow beyond anything that we've even seen so far to date as of 1 to 2022. Amen? Amen? Who's talking to me? Someone talking to you? Okay. All right, so we're the sons that are led by the Spirit. We have received that spirit of sonship, that relationship which God has really actually been very pleased to extend to each one of us, each one of you, and it's, and it's, very, it's very personal. What we do is really between us and God, and then collectively it's between us and God, but it's got to start with you. And that's the thing that we've, been, we've seen and we continue to grow with the Father. It's got to be here first, here second, 
here third, however you want to however you want to define it. So it's really an amazing thing. And and the, that last part that Vicky already mentioned about the kradzo, we kradzo out and we cry, Abba, Father. So for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Who can cry, Abba, Father? Sons. Because it's within us, and that's what, when we do that, we're like, we want you, Abba Father, we want your breath so that we can breathe that out to the world. Hope that makes sense, so. Okay. First scripture, and it's already nine o'clock. It's your fault, Zach, if you would quit talking so much, we could get through this faster. Further in Romans... 8, 22, and 23, our next scripture, it says this. So this theme's continuing in Roman 8. I know lots of people talk about it. It's Roman 8 where people say that there's the road, the Rome, the Roman road is in Romans 8. And then I look at this and I say, it really is if these people really understood the road is more than Jesus, that that's the, yeah, it's more than that. So verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. When I read this, and even as I read it right now, this is when I realized that the adoption is not a, one, a one-time process. It's a, con- it's a continuing thing, because we, we are doing everything God's asking us to do. I'm declaring that over us, though. Maybe you don't feel that way. You're doing everything God's asking you to do. But we're still waiting for, for the redemption, the final redemption to come, where we're at the right hand in heaven, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Well, in a sense, then, it, it really is a process, a one-time process, it just is a lifetime, one-time <laughs> process. Our whole life is the process of adoption. Mm-hmm. And that point where it's finalized, stamped, and boom, is when the redemption of the body, body. takes place. Exactly. So, because at any point in time, we, back, we can back out. We still have the choice. We do. The adoption process is something that... We'll take our lifetime to do, and we have to be those who are ready to do it, to, to continue on. And, and for that to be fulfilled, it has to go right to our death. Yeah. And this just goes along with what we've said, you know, uh, throughout last year even, which is that this is a journey, you know, we're so dead set on destination sometimes <laughs> that we forget that, you know, it, when you arrive is not nearly as important as if you arrive, you know, how you get, how there. You get there. And it really is that, pro, you know, that continual dying to self daily, that continual, you know, am I, am I putting as much importance on my relationship with the Father as I am with my circumstance? You know, am I, am I committing where I am in this circumstance and giving thanks and joy for it, or am I letting it overwhelm me and uh, you know, try and over, 
and have it overcome me instead of overcoming it. And so it's, yeah, it's always going to be a journey. There's never a, ta-da, we've made it, we're done, until that last breath where we give up our own spirit and then we join eternity, Mm -hmm. continuing what we've been practicing on the earth. Yeah, and I think for for people... thinking of some specific people, but I think for some people, they think that it's an end when you, when you accept, receive, whatever you want to say, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that, that that's the end, that that's it. Now I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to keep going, and every now and again, I'm going to be led by the Spirit, and I'm going to go to church every Sunday because it makes me feel good inside because my spirit man has been awakened. Now where are you going? And that's the other part that can be so um, dangerous is when your spirit man is awakened and understanding all that God has, all that the Holy Spirit has to offer, you know, tasting that Holy Spirit, and then you suddenly say, no, I don't want to do that. That spirit man has been awakened. It's going to be pulled in so many directions because now you have to try to satisfy that spirit, your, your spirit man. And there's real no, obviously, no satisfaction except in in the Father. There's no other way around it. So that's why it's so careful. I mean, we have to continue to be careful as sons to do what God's asked us to do, stay on the straight and narrow, like we keep saying, aligning our heart, dying daily. And, and I'm, I'm going to, you guys aren't going to like me. I pray for us, and especially for me, that that dying daily is such a thing like breathing in and breathing out. Because it's got to be that way. And it, it's, for me, it's not always that way. And I want it to be just as natural as breathing. I'm breathing in God and I'm breathing out the crud. And there you have it. Okay, so one of the other things I wanted to say, thank you. One of the things I wanted to say was like, you know, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And that makes it sound like till now, like right now. Well, that was written however long ago. Right then, now. How about now? How about now? Oh, somebody was saying that yesterday at my house. Um, How about now? How about now? (laughs) You know, have you ever thought about this, that all of creation was created to display the glory of God? And when I say all of creation, I don't, I mean, it's so beautiful. Top of the mountain, down in the valley, at the beach. I'm talking all of creation. That includes people. And that, to me, can be mind-boggling. All the people, they're part of creation. They were, they were all created to glorify God, to show the glory of the Lord. We, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just starting to understand that concept of the glory of God being reflected in us, being reflected in all the earth. Then I think about people, and there's just some people I'm like, mm, No. <laughs> but that was not that was not God's intention. It never was for people to be not not being part of His glory, not being part of that reflection of who He is. It's a little sad, but anyways, we are definitely partners with the Father, and that's what He created all creation for to partner with Him. Okay, so we talked about we read. Did we read eight? Did I read 22? Okay, yes, I did. Did I read that? Let's just go to, to, to the next scripture. 
Oh, wait, except Vicki has something to say. I have all kinds of notes, but I haven't uh, said much. Go. The, also, the difference with sons is, those, is the people that have the first fruits of the Spirit. Because when, when I read this as a Christian, I just, as a believer, I just thought, okay, well, I've got, I've got the fruits of the Spirit. I didn't even know what first fruits was. Mm -hmm. So I have the fruits of the Spirit. But again, that's our old friend Echo. Yep. So the sons are the ones that are, re are repeating back those first fruits, the very best. They're continually giving the best of who they are and the best of everything they have to the Father. Right. You're talking about the word which have is which the word have. echo. Yes. And then you, the first fruits, which have the first fruits. I mean, that's, that's true, and I, was gonna, I do have a note about that, that the first fruits is much more than what people think when it comes to first fruits. It's not necessarily the first fruits. You can use it as the thing that happens in the very beginning, but it really is our desire to give the very best that we have. And we've talked about the whole Cain and Abel and all that concept uh, you know, about whose offering was better than another offering. When you look at it from the, from the standpoint of, of first fruits, it's, that it's an expression of your passion for God and God's things and God's desires. It's almost and can almost become illogical, and most of the stuff in the spirit is illogical, to our brain and our soul and our spirit to give that much, but no, I'm absolutely going to give that much. I'm going to give that much and more. And it's not necessarily, here's my money, you know, or here's this or here's that. It's all of you. It's what makes you is what you are giving as a first fruit offering to the Father. And it's, and it's what God fills us with is first fruits as well. So he's got he's to fill us so we can bring the glory and, and spread it around, so to speak. Go where he tells us to go. Okay. And you go back to that, you know, it, you're going to be filled with something. True. So it's not like if you choose not to be filled with the Spirit, you'll be okay. I mean, as something else will, will fill that position. And then what flows out of you won't be the Spirit, but it'll be whatever you filled it up with. Mm -hmm. And it's usually not, not as pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not as pretty. It's not going to be as pretty. <laughs> yes, useful, useful, useful. Okay, uh, we'll go on. I might come back. We'll see. I, we'll probably run out of time. Let's go to the next page. You guys flip over. I see I gave you all that place to write copious notes, and copious notes are not really coming, which is still okay. You write small. It's, this really was hope, I was really hoping this would be very good. A... Um, very encouraging kind of a thing where a girding up, feel like, you know, you have an extra surrounding of cement in what you're doing, so to speak. Okay, adoption of sons in Galatians 4, 1 through 7. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But it is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, 
that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Oh, man, when I read that. Crying, Abba, Father. There it is again. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I don't know. I haven't read this, I guess, in a while. But, ah, man, to, to, to understand that God, apostello, it's actually ex apostoloed the spirit of a son into your hearts. So what's the difference between apostello and ek apostello? Remember, ek is that, that origin, that place from which action occurs, motion occurs. That's God. That, that, that's a, a, something that happened from God. He, from that place where, where he has action and motion, things that he needs to move on, he, from that place, apostelloed into you that spirit of his son. And I know they capitalize son. Okay, that's mine. Capitalize son, but I mean that's their that was their their prerogative to do that because it's not uh, like a like a Jesus concept. It's not a proper noun there, but it's fine that they did that. So we look at those words son in verse six. I want you to know that all those are that huios, which means offspring of a man. And then when you look up further, when it talks about child, this, this thing, child, in verse 1, is speaking of a child as, one, as a person that's not speaking. An infant, a simple-minded person. Huh? Unskilled and untaught. Unskilled and untaught. Dr. just said? Yeah. And you look at the progression that happens, you know. From, from verse 1 down to verse 7. And Galatians is, all of verse 4 is awesome. I mean, chapter 4 is awesome. But you look at the, the, the progression. You know, what, what is Paul trying to say? What is, he, what is he speaking to the Galatians? Again, to me, it's the same concept. You're going to live or you're going to live? Are you going to live under the authority of, of people? Are you gonna, is that where you're going to camp out? Is that where you're going to you know, go, go forth and try to find the, the fullness of your life? And man, I mean, today it's so more blatant than ever about people trying to satisfy that hole in their hearts instead of realizing that it's God. And it's simple to say right here as we're standing here, but it's just a, a continually happening thing. Um, <clears throat> so let's see, what was I going to say? Something else. So if I'm a servant, just a servant, I may not be able to speak forth intelligently about what my employer, all that concept. But when you really understand what it means to be a servant, because that's part of being a son, when you have that relationship there, it's a, it's a totally different thing. There, he's going to speak. Um, <clears throat> a servant would be someone, in, in this context, to be the servant would be those who are just keeping the rules. You know, this is what we're supposed to do. This is the protocol. This is how we come in. This is how we go out. This is what we do when we're in there. This is what is expected of us. Uh, we, this is how we are to talk. This is how we're not to talk. <laughs> or as I, um, a son... Or, or is, is 
though we're servants, it, it comes with authority. Uh, we understand why we come in this way. We understand why we go out that way. We understand why we're talking this way or why we're not talking this way. It is um, embodying the concepts of uh, the family and functioning as the family. Even though it is a, a point of service, it is a service due to the fact we know why it's necessary or it's, uh, we, we understand the concept of it and the authority of it and how it uh, uh, ministers or how it promotes what God is doing. And it's just not, you know, Israel was, was truly, totally about keeping the rules. They had no understanding of the heart of the Father, what he was trying to do with the rules. They were just saying, okay, if I do this, I'll escape God's punishment. And uh, we are now been taught, and then as sons, we, we function in a, uh, we still serve the Father, but we serve him as those who understand his heart and who are lovers of who he is. Uh, and therefore, we war on his behalf in, in a, uh, such a, a passionate way because it, it's, um, it's everything to us. It's our life. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, and it, it took, you know, the, what we came out of, you know, before sonship, which was these are things you do, these are things you don't do. And, you know, when you do do those things, then you have to repent for those things. And, you know, it was kind of a... Not, it wasn't Catholicism, but it was a version of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't think we were in Catholicism. But standing in sonship, you look out and go, not much different. I mean, it's, it's very similar. <laughs> Got this role and this role and this role. And, I mean, yeah. I went to a place where, you know, girls weren't allowed to wear pants. We had to wear dresses and, you know, to come to chapel. And, you know, it's all modesty is what they were teaching. But they weren't teaching anything about the heart. They weren't teaching anything about relationship. And so you had a lot of people walk away from that school that had a lot of knowledge about the Bible and about the, the canonicity of it, but they didn't know the heart of the Father, mm -hmm. and they didn't know the spirit behind it. And so, you know, then they're sent out to minister to people, but they're ministering on a superficial level, thinking that they're making a difference when they can't offer them anything but... Salvation. Salvation. Or, Which is great. Right. Or you but, know, 12, maybe you know, a five-step process to get better so you're, you're not doing, you know, going out and getting drunk or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. But the, the, they miss the whole part of it is that you, can't, you can do all kinds of physical things, but if you're not doing anything spiritually, you're dying on that vine. And you know, we didn't even know we were dying until you know, we were offered, God opened our eyes to the truth and we went, oh. Well, that makes so much more sense why this feels more like what line are we supposed to be on now? Are we, are we standing in the right line? Did we miss it? You know, <laughs> As opposed to we know we're not missing it because we're having that daily communion with the Father. We know, you know we're not where we're, we're supposed to be because we've invested the time to seek his heart. And we know that we can align with that. And that's something that totally took the scripture from just being good words to live by, to being that very breath and life that we need to move us forward. Yeah. I mean, verse 3, I think, kind of talks about what she was just saying. It says that even so, we, when we were children, 
that word, that's that word I was just talking about, where you're, you're unlearned, you're unskilled, you're, you're I'm not going to say dumb, but you know, you're not able to speak, you're like an infant, you're simple-minded type of a thing. We were in bondage to the elements of the world. Now, elements is like the principles that, that, are, that were created. So when you look at that, the principles of the cosmos, you know, you can use world and definition any way you want to, but that is such a true statement for people that are not living in the spirit, they're living in the natural. They're living as part of, as an influence by the elements of this world. And it's interesting, too, because I know our, what we thought of the spirit changed, too. You know, before we had this inkling of, well, you know, there's, there's witches out there. And, and, and so most of the spiritual things were just designated to the enemy. Like, we didn't walk in any power. We didn't walk in any, you know, we knew we could call on God's name, but that was the extent of our power. And, you know, we didn't understand the, that there's an authority that we could actually own when we were in that commune. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, growing up in a, in a youth group that was on, the, on that verge of breaking through that point, but not quite there, you know, there's you know, that back and forth of, okay, we're, we're going to reach out, but you just thought, what are we really offering these people? You know, they're, they're dealing with, <laughs> it's comical, but we, you know, we went to Virginia Beach and we're supposed to be, evangelizing and you know it's it's not a I don't know I think that's when I just thought this this I don't know this just seems kind of silly you know we're not because it's not a real thing that what we're offering but what we're offering had no depth to it mm-hmm. and without the depth people look at that who aren't part of that and go I don't know <laughs> what you have sounds nice but it doesn't really do anything for me and until you've been in a position where you realize that, um, you know, going, my, what, what, my walk kind of, where my walk led, you just realize how easy it is for hurt people to just go, that's all you have? That's all you can offer? Well, no. And, and for uh, where God brought me, it was part of my walking in sonship. And so... It had that ability to change, you know, my perspective was different. But I could also see from that vantage point of wounding how wounded people look at the church and go, there's, there's nothing of, of depth there for me to even want to, it's just I don't fit in. So why would I go? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think, you know, another aspect of sonship that just made it all, you know, as, as opposed to being children under a law. You know, now we know we're joint heirs. I mean, we have a responsibility, but it comes with such a different vantage point than where we used to be. Right. Vicki, did you have anything to add? No. So we know that in this scripture that God is, is focused on, on us, someone operating as a son, right? And also we see that um, he sends part of him into us. I mean, we clearly saw that. <laughs> And then, you know, whatever is being uh, sent from God's heart is placed into our hearts as the recipients, and then what do we do with it from there? And that's part of what we're going to do today, later today. God's going to send things into our heart, and he's asking us to declare, pray, and we're just going gonna to be able to see that, and we're going to start an a awesome process going into 2022. Um, 
What was the other thing? There was something else I wanted to add. Darn, what was it? I'll remember and I'll tell you later. Okay, last scripture. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Do you like all that blessing going on? Um, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of, of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in the agape, or agapeo, that one is. So, I kind of read that awkwardly. Sorry about that. <clears throat> because all the blessing and the blessing, I think all those blessings are eulogio, or some version thereof, Right? So you, you look and we, we talked about the eulogia before, but it's definitely based in what? The logos. So this is the good logos of the Father. So if, there's, if you're being blessed by God the Father, then the good word, the good message, the good logos come in your way. Um, really, verse 3, I think, to me, just establishes again that there is a group of people that are receiving these things because we are sons. They're, and whatever, group's not the right word. But anyways, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So we, because we are, we are Christ. We are sons of God. We are the anointed of the Father. We have a heavenly seat. We have a place that we get to be. Do we get to be there now? Absolutely we do. Something else that lots of people don't understand. They think you got to wait for the by and by or whatever all these people say to have that heavenly seat. You can be there now. Why? Because you're a spirit. You're a son. You have the spirit of sonship. You can be in that place right now, which, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I like going there. I just need to go there more often, I think. Anyway, <laughs> We, we've taught, we do talk about that concept of we're not citizens of, of the earth, we're citizens of heaven. And that's exactly what son, sonship is about. So we see that Jesus really desires all of us by this statement. But we understood that in the, the Gospels where he's talked about, that Jesus desires all of us to function as a son. He desires us to be like him or even greater. Remember when he said that in Scripture? He's going to do even greater things. And it, it, some people I even now go, well, that doesn't make sense because Jesus was the, you know, the awesomest of all. Well, yeah, he really was. He was perfect, without blemish, da, 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 all those things, absolutely, positively. But we are that as well. And you, you look at natural, you look at spirit. We want to stick with the spirit concept because we've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. We are, we are without blemish. We, we are in the spirit. We are just as he is. Okay. Say what, sir? Amen. Thank you so much. So he, Jesus has always, I mean, that, that, that's been his whole life on earth. 
I'm come to redeem. I've come not to, to join, but to divide. People thought, oh, he's going to divide. We're so divided now. It's just like the time Jesus started. No. He's talking about dividing the toe from the raw. He's talking about dividing, are you going to live? Or are you going to live in the spirit? That's what he's dividing. It's not trying to do a division of everybody. It's dividing the good from the bad. And we get to do that now. That's part of who we are. And every time I read these scriptures that talk about Jesus Christ, I sometimes put my name in there. I'm not trying to say I am Jesus Christ. So many people get that so lost just because I say it. It's not that, <clears throat> not you, I just mean in general people get lost when they go, we're sons, and they, oh, they up and they're out the door. It's in scripture that we're sons, I don't know how you can miss it. The, the whole adoption thing, if you look at the whole definition, says a son, placed, a placed son. Okay, go ahead. Well, because again, that word Christ, they go, well, that's his last name. Well, no, that's the anointed. That's the anointed. The anointed, and so as sons, we are anointed. Yeah, and look. Verse 4, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, people like to say all kinds of things about predestination. We'll just keep on. Predestination means that God has an eternal purpose and he has a place for everyone within that purpose. That's what predestination means. It doesn't mean that, Gail, you're going to be saved, but Annette's not going to be. It's not up there just willy-nilly, or God's just like, okay, I got 2,500 people that are going to be born today, and of those 2,500, only 500 have my choosing to be predestined to be. No, it just means that God has a plan for everybody on this earth. Now, he's not going to make you do it. And I got to tell you how many discussions have we had about predestination. It's just, Okay, and I can't argue anything because I didn't really understand it. Now I understand it. it is an eternal purpose that God has in place for everyone. That's what it is. The priests are here. We have to stop now. <laughs> so, you know, God has chosen you from the foundation of the world, and that's even more mind-boggling. From, he, knew, he knows the end from the beginning. And he knew in the beginning that we would be here. He knew that. He had a purpose all along. And, and he's just waiting for us to fulfill it. That's really a good way of saying it, isn't it? Okay, so having predestined us for the adoption of children. By, see, adoption of children is that same word we've been talking about. By Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And I love the part, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Glory of his grace is something I am going to have to study. Because I looked at this and I'm like, wow. Glory of his grace. The reflection, the presentation, the light of, the whoo of grace. <laughs> I needed Zach to do that. She needed to go back there and turn that light off and then turn it back on. Because that's the glory part. Was that you that did that on the plane? You were up and that maybe it wasn't you part of that. Anyway, okay. So there's so many other things going on in the scripture besides what I just what I was just saying. But you know, each time you all maybe this is a great way to end this. Each time you all go through indoor. 
persevere through a transition, you have been filled with grace. It's, like a, it's not like a stopping point, but we find grace. Every time you go through some kind of transition, some maybe traumatic thing, something you've been struggling with, and all of a sudden you're there, you're like, oh, okay. You find grace. You find that opportunity to step up. So continue to endure, persevere, press on, for sure, as a son. Um, in verse 6, it says, a little, a little phrase, He hath made us accepted to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the agape. See what that's saying? Now that he is accepted, it's an offshoot of grace. But it means completed grace when you look up the definition. And completed grace in the passionate purpose of God for our lives. Every time you move through no matter how it feels in the beginning, in the middle, at the end, just like a promise, seal of fulfillment, part of that fulfillment is grace. It could be great grace, depending on what the issue is, but that's part of our cycle as a son. You've been adopted. Congratulations. Okay, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, i got to go turn this off. Thank you, Father. Father.